Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFTV. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program with internet. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you'll in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. I am sitting here. Sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's a Duchess of Dorks. She missed the real five. She got a good night's sleep last night. She's Ashley Peckle. I, I presume. I don't. I didn't. I, really. No, I did get a good okay, night's good. sleep last night. I I'm, was very tired. I'm glad to hear so, that. What um, time did you go to bed? With five a.m. alarm, like there's pressure to go to bed early. I usually my goal is to be in bed by ten thirty okay. because then it's like I'll in, likely fall asleep before eleven, and mm-hmm. that six hours is about a, a good. Yeah. Spend ten minutes farting around on your phone. And then, yeah, yeah, because if I sleep for if I sleep for too long, I'm even more useless than if I don't get enough sleep. Yes, I can't hit that next threshold. Today is Tuesday, August 1, 2023. Look at that, August. There's football this month. There's football this month. Uh, it is 116 days till Thanksgiving. 114 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to your friend. Stalling, Jason Momoa. I don't know who that is. That's not my. He friend. was Aquaman. No, oh, okay. he was big rip mm, guy. I would not have. Also, that. happy heavenly birthday to Coolio. Okay, see, that's my friend. R.I.P. Coolio. Anyway, it's episode one thousand six hundred twenty-five on today's show, folks. The final twenty twenty-three installment. Oh, no. I quit. I'm handing you my resignation. The after final twenty twenty-three installment of Math Tuesday. This is the only reason I come to work. Of Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Where we will take a look at uh, which teams the computer rankings think are going to make a leap in 2023 and which teams the computer is selling. Uh, We'll get into that. In the back half of the show, we had a great conversation with uh, a kind of a Texas quarterback icon Mm -hmm. uh, came into our studio. 
uh, former San Antonio Churchill Charger, former Baylor Bear, and former Houston Oiler quarterback Cody Carlson was in studio with us earlier today. We caught up and talked all things football uh, over the course of his career, plus what he's doing today. Even talk a little NIL because he's mm-hmm. pretty involved with what they do down there at Baylor. Uh, so we will get uh, to hear from Cody Carlson, uh, a, the San Antonio Chargers, or San Antonio, San Antonio Churchill Chargers, uh, and Baylor Bear and Houston Oiler quarterback coming up here at the Pack Half Program. Do we have first fourth through the door? We sure do. It was Ace, Tony Blaylock, Zill0678, and Ryan Smiga. Welcome in, friends. Welcome in, friends. We thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Um, Pickle, the offseason is crawling to a close. Correct. It's a long offseason. We've missed football. But one of the things that have kept uh, that's kept us going through this offseason is that every Tuesday, mm-hmm. we roll out Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Here on Texas Football Today, the final installment for 2023. I'm upset. I'm this sorry. is a day of mourning. But you each know, year like, like you understand why it's the last one, right? Like football's here. It's an off season, and really the off season's done. In fact, yeah, you can make an argument we shouldn't be doing one today. Incorrect. I'm just saying. I'm no. saying. Look, football started yesterday. So we can't we pickle we cannot sit here and tell people it's football season. If it and was do an off season segment, if it was me, I would have Math Tuesday every single show, five days a week. I feel like that's going to be poor branding, but we can get into that off the air. It's Math Tuesday, and today we're going to look at the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Computer Rankings. Um, so for those who don't know, um, we post computer rankings from our friend Jerry Forrest, PickleTimPrep.com. Uh, for Dave Campbell's Texas football subscribers, where we rank every single Texas high school football team, all 1,500 of them, one through 1,500. That's not true. We break up by, by classification. And the preseason rankings, like the, it's easy to see why, like how they come to the, uh, how the, the computer comes to its uh, conclusions in like week 14, right? Because you've got 13 weeks of data. And you can say, okay, here's what these teams have all done over the last 13 weeks. Let's gather it all together, figure out what happens. And there's there's plenty of data to put together as far as a, a, a mid to late season ranking is concerned. Mm-hmm. The preseason rankings are a little bit of a mystery box because the computer takes in a ton of data mm-hmm. and spits out what it thinks for the 20, for the upcoming football season. But we have no actual on-field performance. So, like, for example, there are things the computer could, can't possibly know. Mm-hmm. Okay? The computer could not know coaching that, like, changes. a team has a coaching change. Mm-hmm. The computer, For better or worse. Or, yeah. Or, like, the computer can't know that it's the second year under a coach. We talk all the time about how there's that second-year mm-hmm. leap. The computer uh, may not know uh, that a team had a, a, a player, a, a tough injury. Right. Right? Right, right, right. In the offseason or something like that. But the computer does have this wide array of information that it takes mm-hmm. in. Okay, like starters lost, starters and lost and retained. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of players they are? Like how? What percentage of your all district players are coming back? Mm-hmm. What per- do you have your quarterback back? That matters as, as well. What did your JV p- 
program do if you have a JV program. Um, things like that. Plus what coaches think. We take into account what coaches think um, and, and all, that, all that kind of stuff. And of course, what you've done recently. What you've done over the past five, six years. The computer takes that into account as well. There's a lot of data. And so what I think is interesting is if you, if you dig a little deeper into our computer rankings, you can try to sniff out what teams the computer is foreseeing a leap for and which teams a computer is foreseeing a decline for. Specifically, what I went through is I took the final 2023 rankings. So like, for example, Duncanville started the finished the year as the number one team in 6A last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has any questions about that. They went 15 and 0. They won a state championship. They beat North Shore. They they beat DeSoto, the other uh, you know, the other uh, state champion in 6A. They were pretty clearly the number one team to end 2022. Take the postseason rankings and compare them to the preseason rankings this year, where functionally you would think nothing should have changed in the minds of the computer except the data it got in, mm-hmm. right? This is as, as apples to apples as we can get, taking what the computer thought of you at the end of last season and what the computer thinks of you this year and saying, all right, what is the what is the compute what data is the computer reading to get you from A to B? So, for example, we mentioned D- Duncanville. Duncanville was the number one team to finish this uh, to to finish the year last year. They start the year as number one this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take another example. Let's take a team like Spring Westfield. Spring Westfield finished the year number eleven in our computer rankings, but we have them sixth in our preseason rankings. So we think that they're going to take a modest leap and be a little bit better in 2022 or 2023 according to the computer and so what i wanted to see was where were the widest gaps where were the programs that the computer thinks is are going to be substantially better or substantially worse Mm -hmm. in 2023 so i picked the 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 most substantial changes projected by the computer on, in, each in each classification. classification. So let's go with the teams, that can start with the com- teams the computer thinks you need to be keeping an eye on because they're due for a leap. In 6A, let's go down to PSJA. And this is a, a, a little interesting. So PSJA started the year four, or finished the year four and seven last year. They finished 214th in the, pro, in the, in the computer rankings. That's 214th out of 249, okay? Very clearly at the bottom of the rankings. But... The computer really likes what they have coming back. Specifically, they really like the fact that they're going to have six starters on defense. They're going to have better better depth. And the coaches that we talk to really think PSJA is going to be improved. They're a team that the computer thinks is going to take a leap. Another team, and this is, this is a little bit harder to parse, but the computer is a big believer in San Antonio Piper. Mm-hmm. So the Warriors are entering their second year as a as a, a varsity program, and their first year as a varsity program went, I would say, about par for the course. They went two and eight, two and four in district play. But what the computer likes is they bring back every letterman, every starter, and the com- the coaches that we have talked to have all sniffed out and said, "Hey." Keep an eye on San Antonio Piper. This is going to be a team that is going to be a year older, and they're going to be better. The, com- the coaches tell us that Piper is going to be better, and the computer tends to agree. This next one's really interesting 
the computer loves Houston Yates. They love the Lions this year. They finished 77th last year after finishing 5-6. and six. The computer thinks they are going to be really good this year up to just outside the top 25, 26. And that's a, yeah, that's just massive. That's a big leap. Especially because all due respect to going from 214 to 134, that's a massive summation. Yes. But when you start to looking at a program that's jumping from 77 into what is close to making our rankings from, I mean, that, that would be in the rankings, well, close to it, in 4A. Yeah. Pickle, there's only, there's only 99 teams in 4A Division One. So I want you to think about that. They're moving from functionally the fourth quartile to... The first quartile. And they're the, fir- the, the top quartile. Yeah. And... What the computer likes is guys like Jaquan Brandon coming back. They bring back six starters on each side of the ball. Uh, and they're going to be good up front with guys like Jordan Andrews. This is a team that the computer is sniffing out and saying, watch out for the Lions. Same goes to stick kind of in major metro areas. Dallas Madison is a team that, that the computer is, is sounding alarms for. The computer loves what Dallas Madison brings back. Again, despite going five and six, but they bring back eight starters on offense, six starters on defense, and the offensive line and the secondary are going to be very good. They bring back a lot of their key playmakers from last year's team. They think they're going to be a lot better moving from 83 to 48. I think part of it is also I think the computer thinks they underachieved last year. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. In 2A, this one kind of caught me by surprise, Wheeler. So Wheeler is a team that we haven't talked a ton about. Part of it is they went one and nine last year. The Mustangs had a tough 2023. However, I want you to think about this. For a 2A team, 2A Division two, they bring back every starter. 22 out of 22. Wow. They only lose three lettermen from last year's team. So yes, they took their lumps, but this is a this is a team that the computer thinks all of the factors are in play mm-hmm. for them to make an improvement. Plus, well, and that's I mean that's huge. One thing to bring back all your starters like that, but to only lose three lettermen in total, that means you're bringing back your backups as well. Yes, they're bringing. I mean, back now depth. It, again, two way. There's not that many backups, but the guys that you need to be there in case of injury, they've got experience. If you have, I mean, I want you to think about this. They have 20 lettermen returning from last year's team. Mm-hmm. Albany has 11. Wow. Okay. Like Wellington has sixteen, so like, and those are the upper those are, echelon. Those are upper crust teams. Yeah. So as far as the experience is concerned, they're going to have plenty of experience, and the computer thinks that's going to manifest itself into a decent sized leap. And the one A ranks. This is a team that I actually I kind of sounded the alarm on our on our one A preview podcast. I think Noyes' Canyon can be better. They're two and eight from last year's team, but they bring back a lot of their core from last year's team. And one of the things that they really struggled with is the um, is that they they were bit by injuries. And so when we talk with coaches, this is a big thing for coaches. Noyes' Canyon was a team that that the coaches sounded sounded the alarm on. Noyes' Canyon was really beat up last year, and coaches are telling us. They are that last year's two and eight mark is a product of them being beat up than it is for them being like bad. So the computer thinks they're going to take a leap. So those are the programs: PSJA, San Antonio Piper, Houston Yates, Dallas Madison, Wheeler, and Noises Canyon. That the computer thinks is going to fall back to earth. Or I'm sorry, going to take a leap. Now let's go to the other side of this, and this is the computer. This is the teams that the computer. Not quite buying in on. One of them in the 6A ranks 
is Katie Morton Ranch. Okay. The computer looks at what they did last year. They went seven and four, a playoff team, but they got hammered by graduation. Okay. Hammered by graduation. Just three starters back on each side of the ball and where they lost their players. They lose an FBS quarterback in Josh Johnson. Mm-hmm. They lose a Division II running back in Santana Scott. They lose another FBS offensive lineman in Zach Session. The guys they lose were key components, and the computer's sniffing that out. The computer, the computer is not buying in on another big year for the Mavericks. 5A, Frisco Independence. Frisco Independence had pretty good year last year. Um, they went, I believe, to the third round, of, or yeah, uh, uh, made the playoffs, mm-hmm. eight and three. But they got. You want to talk about maybe the heaviest graduation losses of anyone in Texas? Mm-hmm. Pickle. Last year they had fifty-five lettermen. Okay, they had fifty-five lettermen last year. I want you to guess how many they have coming back. Mm. Out of fifty-five lettermen from twenty twenty-two. Fifty. I mean, how many they have coming back? Yes. Five. Seven. Seven. Seven out of 55. I went to a Frisco Independence game this past year, and yeah, I mean, that, that senior class was unbelievable. They it was were a really, great senior really class. Good. Um, they were clobbered by graduation. Yeah, that's crazy. So well, the, it's because it's a new school. Yeah, it's so still, this it's is got a relatively newish school, yeah. So. Was that the first graduating class of that school? What a good question. Um, n- or no, te- no, no, no. This would be like the second or third. The second or third, class. okay. But like, this was the best that's like full, class. Yeah, that's full cycle. Think about it being the third graduating yeah. class. That means that these kids were in the program yes. from their sophomore year on and are really one of the first established yes. Absolutely. classes to go through an entire program. Computer is not buying in on independence. The same thing goes, and this surprised me because I'm actually kind of a fan of this team, but the computer is warning me off of Brazosport. Okay, there's a team that won a playoff game last year at six and six. They were a team that that were that that brings back a decent amount, but the computer's not buying it. Part of it is that I think they think that uh, I think the computer thinks that they kind of overachieved last year. Yep. And they 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 won a decent amount of close games, mm-hmm. and so the computer thinks there's going to be a little bit of a regression there. The other thing is that when you take a look at what they lose. They lose Darius Roberson, who was really the heartbeat of that defense. They lose Randon Fontenet, who was a who's a, going to TCU. Um, they are going to be a team that uh, uh, that they think is going to take a little bit of a step back this year. Um, is 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 Bradsport. In fact, we have them missing the playoffs. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, mm-hmm. but that's something to keep an eye on. In three A, ARP. Now, this is tough because ARP was 3-7 and seven last year, but the mm-hmm. computer is thinking, uh-uh, the bottom has an opportunity to fall out here. They were, the computer, they, they finished the year 43rd last year. Now, part of that, I think, is that they were, even with 3-7, and seven, they played a lot, of those, a lot of games close and just came up on the wrong end of it. But the computer is not a fan of what they have coming back. Specifically, they're going to be pretty thin across the board. And so their question, and they may be another year away. This is the, a team that, where the sophomore class is going to be the best. But right now, the computer looks at all the data and what coaches are saying, and they say they're not necessarily a believer in the Tigers uh, after last year. In the 2A ranks, the computer is telling you, is putting a sell order on bangs. This is, a, this is another stark drop. Okay, There's only 105 teams in 2A Division One pickle, and they're going from 39 to 89. Now, they were 7-5 last year. They, play, they won a playoff game. Bangs was a, a, a decent team last year, 
but the computer does not believe in them for 2023. Now, why is that? I think it's a, a few different reasons. One of them is that this team is going to be relatively smallish, and this is a team that I think the district is going to be a lot better. They're in a team. They're in a mm-hmm. district with Toller, Coleman, San Saba, Hamilton, Dillion. This is going to be, and and so you took a look at those teams. Those are going to be some of the very best teams in the region, and they're just going to be smaller and a little bit, a little bit inexperienced. They only bring back nine starters from last year's team. They lose what was really the heartbeat of their team and their running back Guy Powell, who was, uh, I want to say, maybe like an honorable mention All-State kid. Bangs is the computer's putting a sell order on them. And then in the pri- in the 1A ranks, uh, the computer wants you to sell on Spur. This one's easy to explain. Mm-hmm. Okay, They were 7-4 and four last year, had a nice run, made the playoffs, lost in the first round, a very close one to Spring Lake Earth mm-hmm. that I think they want to do over with. The problem is they bring back one starter. Not ideal. They bring back, they only had 10 lettermen last year. They've only got four of them back. Yeah. This is a team that is going to be very, 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 very young, and the computer thinks that a repeat of last year is unlikely. So there you have it. A look at what the computer is thinking as far as which teams could make a leap in 2023 and which teams may falter a little bit in 2023 from what they achieved in 2022. And that is the final 2023 installment of Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Do you want to run the intro again? No, I'll cry. I'll get too emotional. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Now, a word from these goods and services. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR now. Pickle, we had an NFL quarterback in our midst, plus a Liberty Bowl MVP. Yes, sir. Uh, and a San Antonio Churchill Charger. Uh, we were so pleased to be joined in studio by Cody Carlson, Commander Cody, who played for the Oilers, the Baylor Bears, and the San Antonio Churchill Chargers in an illustrious, star-studded, lone star football career. Mm-hmm. Here's our conversation with Cody Carlson here on Texas Football Today. Uh-huh. 
Here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, it's the offseason, but that just gives us an opportunity to talk to some of the legends of the game from around the Lone Star State. And we are pleased to be joined in studio by former Houston Oilers quarterback, former Baylor quarterback, and former San Antonio Churchill quarterback, Cody Carlson. Commander Cody, it's good to see you. Thank you, Greg. It's good to be here. Thanks, thanks for taking some time. Uh, we were talking before we, we came on the air about how you are in so many ways like uh, you're beloved in different parts of the state, between San Antonio, Waco, Houston. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are wondering what, what you're up to these days. Um, I, I don't know that I am beloved. <laughs> um, I would, you know, like any other player, you, you get mixed reactions depending upon your performance. So <laughs> there's plenty of those that are still booing me, I'm sure. Or, um, but it is, uh, it is great to be here, and it's, it, you know, it was great to be able to play all of my football in the state of Texas, so uh, I appreciate that. Uh, living in Waco now, and so it was just a little bit of a drive to get here to y'all's offices, and I appreciate y'all having me. Well, we appreciate you, you taking uh, some time with us. I want to go back to the very beginning of your career at Churchill, San Antonio, mm. where you got to play for the legendary Jerry Comalander there at, at Churchill. Uh, and I am curious about the the impact that your time playing under Coach Comalander had on, on, on your career. Oh, it was foundational. I mean, you know, I say that. My dad was uh, my youth sports coach, uh, very involved. And, um, you know, I guess what, what he did was kind of set the, the tone for going out there, being a good sport, playing hard, competing, um, learning from your success and your failure. Uh, th that was really this, the same message and same um, program that Jerry Comalander had as well. Just a man of high, high character. Um, there was a healthy amount of fear uh, as a player. Um, you know, he surrounded himself with very good coaches that all saw, didn't have the same personalities, but saw things the same way. And they truly loved not just what they were doing, but loved the people that they were working with. So it was a great model for me to see. Uh, from there, it was off to Baylor, where you had a, a, a legendary career down there with the, with the Bears. Mm -hmm. Uh, the MVP of the 1985 Liberty Bowl, uh, and then you led them to another win, the Blue Bonnet Bowl in 1986. Uh, when you look back on your career there with the Bears, is there one or two games that stand out to you that you, that you remember most fondly? Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember my first start uh, at Baylor, and so at the time when I was um, coming out of high school, and let me just back up a little bit, I was one of the top three quarterbacks, you know, in the state, uh, most highly recruited. Uh, one of the others was Tom Mickey, and Tom Mickey ended up going to Baylor as well. Uh, so the story was, you know, I knew that he was a great player, uh, probably from reading about him in Texas football, mm -hmm. um, and thought that if I um, committed first that it would scare him off. <laughs> well, it, it didn't. He must have read my, you know, uh, summary and said not that big a deal but we ended up being really good friends so we both rotated every other play my which was my first start or my first game to play in college and it was against BYU Steve Young was the quarterback uh, it was a year before they won the national championship and had we not beaten them uh, that opening game they might have won it that year um, amazing team and we ended up pulling out a victory because we had a real strong senior class, strong leadership, and coaches that were, you know, that prepared us very well. So that would be one. 
Um, you know, we, we had some great games. We beat USC when they were the number three team in the country out in uh, the Coliseum. So that was a, a big deal as well. And then LSU and the Liberty Bowl uh, that you mentioned. Yeah, you know, you, you were the MVP of the Liberty Bowl in 1985, uh, but it was Ray Berry who was the MVP of the Blue Bonnet Bowl. Do you feel like you were robbed? It's, it's been, it's been 30, 37 years. We can speak candidly. Well, I tell Ray that they tried to give it to me, but I just <laughs> said, hey, Ray needs a little prop as well. <laughs> Ray was, Ray was kind of a thorn in my side all through college. Uh, he was my sweet mate for the first couple of years. And, you know, we, we did things a little bit differently. And, but we, I mean, the beauty of, of the coaching staff modeling community for us is that we learned to get along really well. Mm-hmm. People from different backgrounds, different cultures, different races, coming together and pulling in the same direction. And it was, I mean, it was just a joy to be out there. Yeah, Baylor was was special there in the the Grant Taft era there in in, in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, it was on to the NFL, where you played for the uh, the Houston Oilers, and you were uh, you were in the same quarterback room as Warren Moon. You know, yeah. one of the all time great. I, I I just have because I'm a yeah. Warren Moon fan. Uh, yeah, I just have to ask what it was like just being in the same quarterback room. With well, like that. I mean, sitting in the quarterback room, I felt like I belonged. Mm-hmm. It's when we stepped out on the field and I watched <laughs> him throw. I was like. You know, they missed something here. Maybe <laughs> is there a, a minor league or uh, he, he was amazing. I mean, one of the most talented pure passers in the history of the game, probably uh, very smart, very composed, uh, had a you know, tremendous career, Hall of Fame career. So it was, you know, we, we all want to play. We love the game and we want to not just go out there and practice, even though I don't remember a day where I didn't want to go to practice, maybe during my rookie year when we were in two days for eight straight weeks. But I just love the game. Um, but, it, but it was pretty hard to foresee or to see an opportunity there in Houston because Warren was just such a you know, special player. Well, you did get that opportunity, 1992. Yeah. Um, probably the season you're most known for down there in Houston. Warren Moon goes down with an injury. You step in and kind of get, that's when you kind of become Commander Cody uh, then. Um, I'm, I'm interested, I want to go back to that game against Minnesota where he fractures his shoulder. Mm. Do you remember, like, what you were thinking in, the, in that moment? Man, uh, you know, you you're always try to stay prepared and envision, you know, and stay um, you know, keyed into the game and try to read it from the sidelines the same way that, that you're seeing it on the field or maybe even with more clarity. Uh, but whenever that happens, like whenever it's just all of a sudden you're in the game and you hadn't had the same preparation and warm-ups uh, and know that you're starting and, and game plan it that way for the whole week, it's just, boy, you're thrown out there and you either perform or or, or not, and so, you know, preparation certainly is a big part of it, but also just being able to handle your, your nerves and anxiety in the pressure is a pretty big part of it as well. Uh, I know you're still a football fan, uh, you know, mm. watching, watching the game. Uh, I'm, I'm interested from your perspective as a guy who, who played, you know, high school to college, the, the, the pro level, how you've seen the game change maybe since you were you were taken you know it's changed dramatically um it's so much more uh, sophisticated at every level i mean even from the high school level they're probably doing a lot of the things that we did with the oilers um you know with the spread offenses run and shoot was the moniker for that type of offense and they do a lot of the same route trees and uh but the game has changed i mean just the 
the skills development, uh, seven on seven ball in the off season, uh, you know, specialized coaching lessons, that sort of thing. You're seeing um, much more prepared, uh, physically much more prepared athletes. On the mental side of it, I mean, I, that, that comes at a cost, mm -hmm. right? The game is, you know, certainly there's, there's potentially more pressure, there's more, um, you know, there's more money in the game, you know, particularly with the, I would say, the specialized coaching. Um, and so, you know, emotionally you wonder, you wonder if you have the same, um, the same leverage as a coaching staff in high school that you, that you once did. Now I think those high school coaches are, are amazing, right? They're still the, the dominant influence in a lot of those players' lives. And so fortunately we have men that want to get into the game because they want to, they love the game, but they love the, the pupils as well. But I do think that, you know, the game has just changed. It's almost hard to compare it in some ways. Um, and then we were talking before we came on about uh, all the things you're doing down there in Waco involved with kind of growing the business community down there in Waco. Mm -hmm. Another thing you're involved in is you are pretty integral in kind of what's going on with Baylor as far as the NIL is concerned. Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about just the moving target that it's been for you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on what the landscape of NIL looks like right now, yeah. um, you know, going forward since you have such a hands-on approach with it. Well, um, it, it is very fluid. Um, you know, it, it certainly, people compare it to a lot of things, the wild, wild west, or, you know, just, um, you know, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint, um, you know, what the issues are with it. I mean, it happens so, I mean, it didn't happen quickly. It started years ago with, with players, uh, even I remember Northwestern football team uh, wanting to unionize. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, the, the value proposition that they propose to the university is that they're their marketing arm. And certainly they spend a lot of time refining that craft that pays dividends on the field. Uh, and so there needed to be opportunity. But the fact that, that it happened kind of all of a sudden when there wasn't a regulatory environment around it, um, makes it very disparate and is not, you know, it doesn't create parity and fairness of, of play. So where it's going in the end, I think they'll get their hands around it, but it is really important uh, to universities to be able to engage their alumni, engage the marketplace for, um, you know, for this kind of opportunity for their student athletes. And it's, it's different all across the board. Um, you know, there's some people that are stretching the limits, um, and we'll see what happens there. There are some that are very, very cautious, and at Baylor, um, Baylor was very slow to react for probably good reasons. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it's very, it's priority for every school to have some answer to recruits uh, when they're talking about, you know, what are my opportunities to, um, so the, the group that I work with, kind of handles that, as you said, and we kind of viewed that since we are a support for small business, that there's 500 student athletes that have their own business now. Mm -hmm. And so we're big in the education space and then also trying to, to match make as well. You know, and finally, you mentioned uh, earlier about how, you know, you gotta be prepared to go out there and, and play whenever you have an opportunity. Um, you're still in great shape. If you, get, if you get your number called right now, do you think you can I think you, you probably so, still 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 sling it a little. Bit. Well, I've been practicing. Okay. Yeah, because I'm throwing out the first pitch in a little league game this week. Oh wow! 
and I hadn't thrown anything except for my food in, <laughs> you know, years. And so I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, Cody Carlson, Commander Cody, uh, uh, Churchill High School, Baylor, and the Houston Oilers. Uh, Cody, appreciate your time, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Greg. It was enjoyable. There he is, Cody Carlson, Commander Cody, uh, former Baylor quarterback, former Houston Oilers quarterback. Um, appreciate his time coming in studio and hanging out with, with, uh, with us dorks and spending a little bit of time with us and doing big things down there in, in Waco these days. And, and always good to hear from a Texas high school football Hall of Famer like him. So Correct. Appreciate uh, Cody Carlson hopping on with us. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Andrew Christensen had the best idea of all time. Okay. Point blank. Okay. We should use the Math Tuesday intro music for a Tuesdays intro. Can you imagine Craig Way coming onto the show with that music and like explosions? Do you want me to make a? Uh, Maybe we should put some like doves behind them. Do you want me to make a Tuesday with Craig Way? Um, intro? Oh, one hundred and ten percent. But it has to have that music. Uh, can it be? I don't know if I can find that exact that that. Uh, music, but can that's I, fair. Can I find similar? Music? Yeah, like we same, need like same vibe. Explosions of Craigway's face yes. and doves yeah. and like same exploding car in the background, yeah. like a cool action movie. Yeah, same same vibe. We need to get a slow mo like hero shot of of Craig walking, and then there's just like yeah. the state of Texas on fire behind him. Yeah, that'd I'm be sure awesome. I can do. Um, wait, you give me a project. No, yes, but I'm not going to work on that for the next three days because uh, next four days because I'm going to the beach, taking yep. the boys to the beach. Uh, we're go- I, my 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 rad minivan is in the parking lot. Let's roll. That's right. Um, so we're uh, we're off for the next three days. We will be back on Monday. Pickle is going to Houston because she's going on vacation too. Houston. Far from vacation, but I am not going to be in this office, so, which is which is vacation in and of itself. <laughs> we will be back on Monday. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Commander Cody Carlson for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper, Vince Young. Please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you Monday on Texas Football Today.